Happy 2020. Happy New Year's queers. Welcome to the first episode of Lesbians or Miracles of 2020. Oh yeah. Welcome back. Or we're, I don't know. We're, we're back. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody has been on some sort of a holiday hiatus yeah. probably. So like, welcome back to yourself, your job, it's whatever it is that you do that you had been. The prison of your own making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's always weird when like Christmas and New Year like fall on a Wednesday because it's just like it's really disorienting mm-hmm. and so and that happened this year so i feel like now on what is this january 8th no is it no it's more than that january 9th it's january more 9th. than that <laughs> it's so much more than that <laughs> and when you are listening to this it will no longer be january 9th at all yeah depending on my uh lazy ass getting my act together that, that, and, that, that and depending that. on how much we say in this episode that we end up having to cut <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of of that um let's get into uh today's today's topic i don't know today's this this episode this episode's <laughs> i don't know umbrella theme we, dang am i rusty <laughs> no we're gonna get into it okay so today we thought we'd kick off this brand new year talking about daikons and first and foremost we asked on our instagram what the word daikon meant to you um and a lot of you wrote in saying that you thought it was a radish. First of all, you no, no. Like I hope you you guys were being funny because like that's not how you spell daikon the radish. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that you know that's not what we're talking. Yeah, mean, like like maybe we'll do maybe like, you don't know that's a lesbian not what we're cooking talking episode. About. I don't know if Is we that a did thing? a lesbian cooking episode, we wouldn't talk about a fucking radish. No, I mean, and we, the only reason we would is because I guess called daikon but i don't even think that would occur to me i would no. just talk about like i don't know tacos and shit yeah but interestingly um aside from people interpreting the question correctly <laughs> very disappointed yeah aside from us being no we weren't no. aside from us saying that there was no wrong answer there was a wrong answer and it was the radish but <laughs> other people wrote in which was interesting to me and which was something that i didn't expect at all and said first of all um like a comic con for lesbians, which is interesting, and like that would be dyke in my head and my editor's head, right. dyke hyphen con. Right. Yes. But that's a fascinating concept and I something would, somebody I should do. Yeah, I totally. Mean, I, we I, would have to have a booth at a dyke con. <laughs> well, I wonder, is it like for like comic book loving dykes, or is it just like a dyke convention? It's interesting because somebody said, "Hmm, hold on, like comic con, but for lesbians." Okay. And then somebody else said a dyke convention like Comic-Con. So maybe there's like a lot of shaded area in that diagram between like somebody who would dyke-a-gram. attend Comic-Con <laughs> in that dykeogram and somebody who would attend a dyke con. I used to attend Comic-Con. I was into comics way back when, but I Did you roll? Did you, were you a larper? No, I was not into like role no, I was going to say role play. Cosplay. <laughs> cosplay. I, I think I said role play first. <laughs> That's not what we're talking no, about I'm, tonight. I, no, I like I was like I liked like I don't know, like DC Comics as a kid, but one of the things I, I, and I honestly, like, I would buy, like, bootlegged, like, TV shows on DVD, like, The Wonder Years, because they couldn't license all the music, so I bought, bought, like, the bootlegged series with all the original music, which I still, like, 
guard with my life. I'm like, if you'd like to borrow it, you can, but if you scratch any of those DVDs, I will fucking kill you. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff I would get at Comic Con. I wasn't. I'm like, I'm not one of those nerds. I'm like, but you know, we love you. There are yeah, lots of, there are lots of like you. nerdy nerdy dykes out there. Yeah, um, I always thought that was fascinating. Like people who do that. I mean, yeah. it's not for me, but like respect like, if it's for you. We're into like a. A dark graphic novel now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Something I can absorb in private in the home. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so much into like the yeah the the co- cosplay. I don't know if it's it's a cos. I think it's cosplay. cosplay. What know. are you kids calling it? You can let us know. Yeah, sure. But anyway, but a, a just like let's get a bunch of dykes together in a room. Yes. Sure. Yeah, I let's love do, that. Let's do that convention. Does such a thing exist and I'm we don't sure know it about does. it? There's that like camp that we always talk about going to. Mm-hmm. But that's not quite a dyke. I'm like, con. wait, the one I grew up at, the one I spent 15 years at, that camp. No, 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 the one in Los Angeles for adults exclusively or for California, lesbian. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not per se. Um, other people wrote in dyke con, no, not dyke con, dyke con, um, like a strap on that a dyke wears. Which is like, in it, to me, inherently I mean, isn't redundant. Isn't on? that just a strap on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yes, of course, like any any type of <laughs> a dyke sexual on. orientation, gender orientation, any any everyone can everyone can and should you know or not should, but anyone is everyone you know is welcome to uh, explore the wonders of strap ons. But like, I kind of feel like that's like <laughs> ours to begin with. Yeah, I mean, like it's not ours like exclusively now anymore, but like I would say like. It's like most, I, mostly ours. I do like the idea of claiming it as a daikon. I mean, it the meaning gets a little bit muddled. Imagine if, like, you said to your significant other or even the person you were sleeping with, like, "Hey, baby, like, grab the daikon." Somebody else. I would said, just give myself a hug. No. Yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> no. else said like the vacuum. Oh right, right, right. There is a daikon vacuum, right? Yeah, well, so, okay, so let's talk about... Yeah, we veered a little off topic. These are just the responses that we got. What we really, what we mean when we say daikon and the responses that we were hoping to elicit, even though these are really fascinating responses, was a dyke icon. Somebody who's, like, famous or familiar or even in your family who, like, you've looked up to either in your queer coming of age or as the adults that you are now um, that sort of inspires you to, you know be your best queer self. Okay. Uh, like, who, who who, can you think of off the top of your head, Leah? Like, either who you think is, like, just generally... Diconic. Diconic, or, like, a personal dicon to you. Because I think those are two different things. Sure. Well, I can answer, like... That's a double-pronged question. I have answers for both <laughs> double, of them. A double-pronged dicon. A double-pronged dicon. <laughs> um, Lil Deb from Cubbyhole, to me, has always been, like... In terms of personal daikons, one of my like biggest daikonic influences, and somebody who said like a great influence on my like adult New York lesbian life. Yeah, um, you are a daikon to me. Oh, for thank sure. You. I think you're completely daikonic. Okay. I no, mean, thank, thank you. I wasn't expecting to hear that, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm and, like, I think you're daikonic too. Thank you so much. Um, some people also the wrote, <laughs> and this has been episode 16 of Lesbians and Miracles. Thank you for tuning in. Some people very generously wrote in that we were their daikons, and I think that's like a beautiful and lovely thing. Um, but when I think of like celebrity daikons, I don't know. This is just me. I think of like Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson. Off the top of my head, some people, it's interesting, wrote in, one person wrote in and said Kate Blanchett was their daikon. Um, somebody else wrote in and said, I get so annoyed when people make daikons out of 
ostensibly, and I say ostensibly in parentheses, straight women, such as Kate Blanchett. I guess whether or not she is straight is like largely oh, are there up for rumors about her? Am I like totally in the dark on this? There's an Instagram account that I love called Dyke Blanchett, and it's always like making memes of kite. Kite? <laughs> Kite Blanchett. Sure. Kite Blanchett. Okay. Kate Blanchett. She's just like a beautiful flag flying in the sky. Kate Blanchett in like dyke scenarios. Whether or not she's a dy- an actual dyke, I'm not sure. But she could be like a closeted Hollywood dyke. Like I like to imagine. Like are there actual roommates? That's, that's, I mean. I, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think I mean, it's like whatever. I Largely care. supposed. I mean, just like Jennifer Aniston and Mariska Hargitay. Like, really? Yeah, I am so out Jennifer of the Anna's, Jennifer Aniston uh, and loop. Maybe we can expand on this later in the episode, but Jennifer Aniston is like a huge lesbian icon, and really? so is yeah, so is Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> yes, Rachel she Aniston. Has, Rachel well, we talked about <laughs> Rachel Aniston. We talked about Jennifer Aniston on our well, Dyke has, Mouth episode. Well, I mean, she has she has dyke fierce mouth, Dyke so. Mouth. And that doesn't necessarily mean. Right, but she now has an Instagram, and I've stalked a lot of people she follows on Instagram, and she f- follows a small group of people, and a lot of them are Hollywood dykes. Oh, well, she clearly has good taste whether or not she exactly. herself uh, enjoys the pussy. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, up for, <laughs> for debate. Um, yeah, okay, that's... But I guess, like, the other part of that is there aren't a lot of celebrities or, like, prominent figures necessarily who who are out? Well, do you do you? Well, what are your thoughts? Do you think that straight people can be dicons? I think it's problematic. Like, I think that there's such a limited amount of sort of representation, especially as it concerns gay women, that lesbians have sort of had to project diconism onto these figures who may or may not be queer. Or gay, or like who maybe present in a butch way, but aren't necessarily so. You know, yeah, someone, like someone, an Olivia Benson, someone type. that seems to have a little some BDE, but yeah, maybe isn't. Maybe SDE, maybe small dyke energy. MDE, medium dyke, medium dyke, <laughs> moderate dyke energy. Moderate dyke energy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like the list, like yes, you could say. I mean, Ellen is just like a knee jerk one, and Kate McKinnon. Those aren't my dicons, but I'm sure. There are some people's, but, you know, for me, when I think of somebody who's a daikon, before my mind goes to somebody who's, like, famous or, like, a prominent figure, it goes to people who have in, who have been in my life, who have, like, identified as queer and been, like, brave and out in doing so and, like, who have influenced me personally. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's interesting, the because, the, you know, there's the celebrity daikons, and that's, like, I'll, I'll, I'll think of, like, out dyke. Celebrities, mm-hmm. or, you know, like I'll, yeah, I'll think of Ellen. I'll think of like Queen Latifah. I'll, wait, is she, she out? <laughs> Did I miss? Ah, uh, see, it's is like nobody knows. Yeah. I don't know because she's so diconic to me. Like, is Missy Elliott it, a it off, Like that fucking movie, man. Like I know. Oh, jeez. Um, and here is like the sort of like massive gray area I mean, that she, we inevitably she's encounter. Definitely a dyke. I just don't know if she's like she publicly identifies as a dyke. I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know. I haven't really kept up with, like, who's out and who's not <laughs> over, like, the past 20 but years. I think, uh, but here's the thing. Here's the other part of that, though. Like, I think if she was, like, out and, like, very much out, then that would be something you would know definitively. Probably. Okay, sure. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not... I, I, I'm clearly lagging behind on this topic. Like, Leah will clearly be carrying this one. Because, for me, I... 
I don't know. It's something very weird where like I've just never and I and this is not like uh like oh I don't even own a TV or anything like that. Like I love TV, <laughs> I love celebrity gossip, I love all that shit. Yeah, but you're like, like a pop culture buff kind of. Big time. Yeah. But I I've never really looked up to or given a shit about celebrities. Like it's never mm-hmm. something it's always almost it's something that's almost puzzled me where like I see people like, oh my fandom. God. Yeah, I I just I'm like, yeah, like I, they're in stuff that I like. It, it just it always struck me as weird. It just it just never. So I don't like. There's no one famous that I can point to and be like that person is such an inspiration. And when when we talked about this ep- this like this the topic of this episode, I really tried to rack my brain mm-hmm. and I had a really hard time coming up with anyone that I could point to. Interesting. To be like that person, that person right there. My icons are writers and people in my personal life who have like really had a significant impact on like the trajectory of my life and like my acceptance of my queer identity okay like Jeanette Winterson is my daikon Maggie Nelson who I think like more identifies as queer than as a dyke per se is also my daikon Alison Bechdel who wrote Fun Home is also my daikon you know okay Carmen Maria Machado who wrote Dreamhouse which I just read and fantastic is like daikonic and Jill and I were talking about this before we started this episode too like there's also a difference between somebody who's like you're daikon and maybe like Jill you're just not a person who sort of like um adheres or like grasps onto icons maybe like you're not an icon centric person or like somebody who's a daikon or somebody who is in and of themselves like daikonic yeah. Like, exhibits the traits of being iconic in and of themselves. Yeah, like, when we were talking about Even if about you this, don't venerate them necessarily or put them up on a pedestal, like, you admire the way in which they live their lives. Yeah. Like, I was, I was talking, when, when I was talking to Leah before this and we were talking, I, uh, and I was just asking you for, you know, people you were thinking of, and you, and you mentioned Debbie from Cubbyhole, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's totally diconic. Like She's, she's fucking so she's just, like, you know, cultivated this amazing atmosphere that like just reverberates and just just such positive energy and like that's that's a daikon that's and daikonic. has made such a difference i think in so many people's lives hugely like, so you know whether they're like close personal friends with her or not i think so many people like would say that they've walked into cubby hole on a friday night when debbie used to work there and just felt like so welcomed and yeah. you know um made to feel at home by just her warmth and her like acceptance of people and that is so fucking important for the queer community yeah so i'm glad you brought that up and and on a personal level i again i i don't have that like i grew up I, I knew lesbians growing up, but it, it, I don't know. I I never personally connected or admired. I, it makes me sound like a bit of a jerk. I don't like. It's not that I wasn't. Um, I don't know. I just I just don't connect with people that way. I don't think like from afar. Like if I don't know mm-hmm. someone, it's really hard for me to like feel. Um, a kinship or a connection. I don't think with that them. makes you feel like a jerk at all. And maybe we can also pivot from talking about like daikons and daikonography, like from a personal sort of concrete level 
to a conceptual level because I think you've had like diconic experiences like your experience at an all-girl summer camp is like in and of itself diconic without there being like a dicon that you were attached to and a lot of the responses that we got from listeners like kind of spoke to sort of the conceptual level or or layer of being like a daikon versus like a specific daikon. Like we said, what does the word daikon mean to you? And some of the more conceptual answers were, um, let's see, being out and proud while having a large and public platform, normalizing being gay, living a, ho- a homonormative life, um, a dyke who makes a huge impact on the world or has a large platform, um, Iconic dykes like Leia Delaria, sure. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's iconic. Sure. Um, Somebody who has lesbian iconic status, influence, and badassery. Absolutely. Um, And then a dyke icon or or a popular celebrity in lesbian or queer circles. And then other people wrote in things, which I, to me, these answers were the most fascinating. Um, One of them was the Babadook, which if you haven't seen that or like read the queer theory around it, I highly recommend you do. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Another listener wrote in that one of her best friends is her daikon. Another listener wrote in that her gay ass softball coach who actually saved her life was her daikon. Another listener wrote in that Rugrats auntie was her daikon, <laughs> which I assume means Phil and Lil's mother, who wore the um, sort oh of like God. sweatshirt with yeah. the female symbol on it. I'm so disappointed in myself for not recognizing that as a child. I know. What's wrong with me? I know. Well, I think maybe we need to revisit that. Remember she had like really short hair and wore the, wore the sweat. Yeah, and, and she had that like and she gym was, teacher voice. She, she had the like, gym yeah. teacher voice and was like such a top and her husband was such a bottom. I think her husband's name was like Harold or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved her. Me too. That was a great response. Somebody else wrote in and said, some people aren't dykes but are still dykons in my heart, like Pink, Gwen Stefani, and Kathleen Hanna. That is a very interesting choice of people. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Pink, all right. Like, I know a lot of dykes that love Pink. And Pink is kind of like a butch straight girl, which I love. Like, yeah. I, like I, there's nothing better to me than, like, a butch straight girl owning that. <laughs> I love um, that, too. Uh, Gwen Stefani, th- that surprises me. Me, too. I don't, uh, to me, there's nothing queer or queer affirming about her. And, not, and, not, and that's not to, like, shit on that choice like For I'm sure. sure like I'm I'm sure it's just not an obvious one yeah I'm sure that like there's a, a good reason I'm just unaware of it um, yeah Kathleen Hanna I 100% get because like so much of my becoming okay with my queerness not even necessarily like in like a sexuality way but just in like a you know I'm not like other girls way I'm sorry that's I hate that like I'm not like other girls and yeah but that's but, like, like maybe the young you speaking. yeah no I mean like, I had other girls tell me I'm not like them and you know like I like yeah. I was actively outcast as like in middle school so like discovering punk rock through Nirvana and then that led me to Bikini Kill and Riot Girl that was hugely inspirational and it was just literally like the one of the, if not the biggest pivot point in my life, like making me okay with myself, mm-hmm. really like let me an ethos that like shaped who I am today. Interesting. So, so arguably she could be one it, of your it, And it's funny because I would, I still wouldn't call her that. And like, I don't look up to Kathleen Hanna at all. But would you call I her just, like diconic? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe JD Sampson instead, if we're going to go with like JD, pretty queer and dope. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Somebody else wrote in and said, one of my roller derby teammates has been my biggest supporter in my late coming out. I'm 36. I love that. Yeah. To me, these like personal stories have, I mean, they just like resonate more with me than like, um, so like idolat like celebrity like idolatry, which is not to like dismiss that at all. I know that's, that's sort of like the question too. that we were asking. Yeah, and like representation amongst like famous people in Hollywood, um, and like people in Hollywood representing marginalized groups is so important and something that you don't see anymore, or something you that you don't see that often. So it makes sense that you would like adhere to these people. Right. And, but and what, what one of the one of the people said that you already mentioned about like, you know, you know, having a platform, a public a big public platform and like being out and proud. Like that that is important for because yeah, visibility and reach. Totally. So so I I, I really do get that. I also like there's caution because, you know, Ellen has, has some controversial aspects Girl, to her. Girl, no and, shit. I know. And there's, you know, that phrase, like, never meet your heroes, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why I've always been really wary of of putting too much stock in um, some famous person. But I also recognize the importance of, like, someone being out and that kind of visibility. And representation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's always, like, in some ways, like, not completely, like, three-dimensional, you know? Mm-hmm. They're always sort of, like, reducible to, like, some kind of a celebrity stereotype, but that's not to discount how important that type of representation is and, like, how much it helps people feel less alone and less ostracized and less alien, especially, I think, when they're young and, like, coming of age as a queer person in a small town and sort of have, like, nobody to look to to model a way of being yeah. around when you really need to model your way of being like before you really come into your own and you're comfortable with your own rhythms and your own patterns and yeah. like forming your own identity I think we the way we sort of fall into that is by copying people around us like whether or not they're gay or straight but like when yeah, and we sometimes can, you don't have that softball coach sometimes all you exactly. have is fucking Ellen DeGeneres yeah exactly TV, and so. like thank god that we do I mean um, Kate McKinnon at the Golden Globes gave that beautiful speech of how Ellen DeGeneres like Ellen DeGeneres really inspired her to be a queer comedian and like without Ellen she might never have been where she is now like regardless of however problematic you think Ellen is or that Ellen has been I mean like her representation and the risks that she has taken in her career to sort of like be a prominent queer voice are so important and like not so easily dismissed by whatever stupid shit she's done right yeah um somebody else wrote in which i love the butch woman i work with who i want to be like when i'm older and then she says when i see her she calls me troublemaker troublemaker seeing her was my ring of keys moment i just melted a little me bit too. I love that. isn't that the sweetest thing in the world oh my god yeah oh i love hearing stories like that where just like someone literally just going about their daily life being themselves and being totally. authentic can be inspirational. Like, yeah. you know, like that that's just so fucking cool to me. I know, like, me too. That like is what tugs at my heartstrings the most. And in our very first episode, Origin Stories, um, I think we were talking about like our first sort of 
realization of the fact that there was something different, different about us. And I started talking about my elementary school gym teacher, Ms. M, who always wore like windsuits and had a red mullet. Um, and she, I knew there was something different about her, but at five years old, I didn't have the language to describe it. But in retrospect, she was so completely diconic. And she is somebody who like throughout the course of my life and like different instances and at different milestones has stuck with me and has been somebody I thought about and maybe not in the moment, but like, as I remember her, um, has sort of, you know, empowered me in a way that I, maybe she didn't intend and that I never would have expected. And I think Ms. M from gym class in her windsuits in Hopkins Hill school was like (laughs) my very earliest icon. And I've always had teachers who were like, or professors who were my daikons. Oh, really? Yeah, those were like my most influential figures in my life for sure. Wow, yeah, I've never had that either. I just don't... I- like maybe I'm just I just don't notice other people. I do. I just <laughs> no. I mean, like I I don't know. I it's funny because like I I'm trying to think of like who's that person to me. I'm not sure she exists yet. Maybe I guess maybe she would have existed already. Yeah. Well, as, as far as like someone like as a child that you recognize. Sure. Actually, you know what? I talked about it in our origin stories. Um. Patty Schemmel, the drummer of Hole. Yeah, I thought so. That I knew it. there okay, was somebody she, like she, that. She can be my diacon because I remember, because I got, yeah, I was like giant Nirvana fan, became a giant Hole fan, and I re- I really wanted to play the drums prior to like getting into Hole. I just thought the drums were like really cool, and I was like, you know, a tomboy, and like you always saw like girl, like, like, like females, females, women. <laughs> I was gonna say female women, like female singers and stuff. And I was yeah, like, totally. Yeah, I wasn't gonna be like, you know, those females, those females. out there. Um, but yeah, like when a woman would be like in a rock band, she'd be like a pretty singer, and I was like, ew. Which is funny now because like most of the bands I've been in as an adult, I've been like a, a female singer. Um, yeah, and, and I t- cannot play the drums. I'm probably the worst. Of all the instruments I play, actually, I don't play the drums. Have you ever played the drums? Have you ever, like, tried to play the drums? Every time. I So I'm a lefty, and oh. I, well, the kits aren't, like, set up for you. The way I want to play in my head is the opposite to how they're always set up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sure if, I mean, I could just set it up the way I want to play, That's but a I lot don't of own work. a drum set. But yeah. Anyway, so I really wanted to play the drums, and I get into hole, and I see, like, oh, cool, there's a female drummer, and, like, also, like... She's not in dresses like everyone, you know. She's, yeah. she's like she also kind of looks like a tomboy like me, and like I wasn't. I a, love that. Yeah, like I wasn't aware of like myself being gay at that point, nor was I aware that she was gay. But were you aware of yourself as a tomboy? Oh God! Like uh, that yeah, you yeah. were. I different. mean, that was that was from the birth canal. Like that was. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. came out with a key ring attached to your bike shorts. Yes, I did. Yeah. Or like your cutoff shorts, rather. Oh yeah. Your yeah. tight, tight. Yeah, that was shorts. that was something that was. Yeah, that's why I always said I always knew I was queer before I knew I was gay. Because, I love like, that assertion. I, I didn't. I was too much of a girl to fit in with the boys, and I was too much of a boy to fit in with the girls, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was crazy, but. So I'm, you know, 12 or whatever, and I see this female drummer who, like, kind of reminds me of me, where, like, she's not in dresses and stuff. And, like, so I just thought she was really cool. And I loved Hole, and I was like, oh, I want to I be like her. And then I remember, like, a, a couple years later reading a magazine article where she alluded to her girlfriend, and it was like, <gasps> like, you know, like, oh, I so still wasn't... she was totally your daikon. Okay, yeah, okay, she's my daikon. For daikon. sure. Yeah, that's the only experience I've had where I was just like, 
that chick's cool. I want to be like that. Maybe that was the only experience you needed. And after I guess that, you were just like, all right, I got yeah. this. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I always like attached myself or like really held in high regard like female singers too. But I don't think they were necessarily gay, but they were like empowered in their feminism. And that was something like I attached to like... The lead singer from Save Ferris, Monique Powell, I was obsessed with her. <laughs> and like the singers from Dancehall Crashers, I was obsessed but with you, them. you wouldn't call any of them daikons. I wouldn't would. call them daikons, no. But I did like, in terms of like putting a celebrity on a pedestal and sort of like admiring like strong empowered womanhood, mm-hmm. those were the people when I was like coming of age in a small town that I looked up to. Yeah. I mean, when I was like a little kid... I always just had a crush on my female teachers who, like, were straight for all intents and purposes. <laughs> that, that is such, a, like, an archetype. Is, like, I know. the baby dyke that has a crush on her teacher. Like, my, like, drama so and many, English teachers. Yeah, it's always an English. I know so many, so many, so many dykes that went through that. I never went through that. I was always like, ew, gross. But. God bless. I mean, I think you're better off, probably. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was a way of, like, I don't know. We don't need to, like, examine my bullshit like armchair diagnoses of it but like it was a way of like distancing myself from like having feelings from somebody who was of my own gender of and of my age and like projecting that like to somebody who is unavailable I think okay who cares yeah that's not what we're talking about here really (laughs) well it's funny to me to think about like the 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 there's the the celebrity daikons, and that's a certain thing. Sure. And then there's like the personal daikons, and that's another thing where I felt like I don't I don't I didn't have any growing up. And then when you were talking about like Debbie, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she counts. And then when you just said me right now, I was like, I'm not a fucking daikon. I'm your friend. Like that's different. But I'm like, but like. You know, I do draw you're inspiration from my friends. You're a daikon to me. Yeah, you're a daikon to me, and you're diconic to me. I, Both of those things. I don't know what to say to that. I'm certainly not trying to fish for that, so I'm You're just going to forget for that it. I heard it. Cheers. Oh, okay, I'll just, cheers you. Yeah, we can just keep moving on. But, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's just funny because I, like, yeah, like, I I certainly draw inspiration from you and our other uh, lesbian friends. Yeah. I just never would have been like, you're my daikon, but maybe I should. Like, I'm going to elevate you all more in my head. Well, you know. So you better not fucking let me down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to do that, though. I mean, like, I feel like you do really, like, elevate your friends automatically. You know, I think you have, like, really strong relationships with your friends. And I think, like, when you're a queer person and you're fostering a queer community, I think your friends inherently become your daikons, you know? And, like, your chosen family become your daikons. If we, like, want to broaden the term of a daikon to be, like, somebody who's also queer in your life, who has, like, an influence on you and like who supports you and who you look to for like advice um and all of those things Hmm. you know it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who is like so out of reach and like unavailable and like only exists kind of in this like celebrity fantasy world but I think it can just be somebody who like impacts your life and like inspires you to be a better person and makes you feel more comfortable in your identity and like more secure in the world and I think that's also a form of like being a daikon and a form of daikonography Oh, yeah. I never really looked at it that way. For some reason, like, Daikon, there's always, um, like, a level of, of separateness. A degree of removal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Because when you think of Daikon, like, to me, the word icon lends itself to, like, 
religious figures and sort of like that dialogue and that separation between like the person and the figure who they idolize. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. And I think in queer culture, like, increasingly... And we do like to redefine things. Uh, yeah. And we do like to marriage. Sorry, And we do straight. like to redefine yeah. things and, like, close those gaps and sort of, like, you know, bridge the divide between, like, the personal and, I don't know, the political, maybe, because we have to. Or, like, what's accessible or what's inaccessible, maybe. Political dicons are yeah. probably more important. Edie Windsor and Thea Spire, completely diconic. I yeah. think we would be remiss um, if we didn't mention them and doing an episode of di on dicons. Um, Emily Dickinson, my girlfriend and I were just talking about her. Emily Dickinson fucking had a lesbian correspondence with her brother's wife, Susan Huntington Dickinson, and wrote, like, hella lesbian love poems about her, you know? Virginia Woolf also had a lesbian correspondence with Vita Sackville West, like incredibly diconic. Eleanor Roosevelt, does <laughs> she? Ah, uh, yeah, I like arguably so. Um, Leslie Feinberg, who we mentioned before. Um, who else? Lorraine Hansberry. Um, Sally Ride, the first female astronaut in space. Huge dyke. <laughs> <laughs> just the way <laughs> Lena Waithe, di completely diconic. I mean, Audre Lorde, completely diconic. There are so many dicons throughout history. I mean, just because, you know, we should talk about them more. Yeah, They're yeah. They're written out of history because history is, like, patriarchal. Yeah, and it's, and, and whitewashed. But, um, it's, yeah, and that's what, it's so difficult for me just because, like, I, I just always forget not not forget about people you know like 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 lena waith i'm you know like or like even like kate mckinnon you know any like you know queer female artist right now like sure i know of them but it's almost like you know how like people are like 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 there aren't lesbian bars because now like we can just go to ev any bar, you know, like that thing. Yeah, sometimes but I, I don't want to go to any bar. Oh no, I definitely don't either. Sometimes I'm. I feel like I almost <laughs> take like people being out for granted. Like yeah, you know, because like I like you. Know, that's why Ellen was such a big deal, and that's why you know everyone gives her a little bit of slack for stuff, and like you know because yeah. like it was like. 20 years ago or fucking George Bush apologist right <clears throat> and now I'm just so used to like all these awesome women being out that I'm like oh no this is still awesome like this is still doing really good things and I'm so glad that like I'm glad that the younger kids don't just have to look up to Ellen. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then becomes like a question of like, um, like marginalized culture assimilating into mainstream culture too. Like, I think when Ellen came out, it was way more the opportunity to like cause the sensation by doing that kind of thing was much more like present and tangible. I think in many ways that it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. I Which is not to say that these role models or, like, figures or representation is any less important. Because, like, I think for as many, like, famous people who are, like, out and loud and proud, like, I very firmly believe there is just as many famous people, women and men, who are, like, closeted because, like, to come out and to be loud and proud would be, like, to completely risk their careers. Oh, yeah. Like, ab absolutely. Um, absolutely. You'd be thro throwing it away for a lot of people. And so, you know, you have to 
give a lot of credit to those who are out and can be out, but also, like, I would never... You know, it's coming out is complicated for yeah. a lot of different people. And, it, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone how they should be living their lives when it comes to that. You know, no. I, can, I can only do my own thing. Sure. And, like, coming out in and of itself is, like, kind of fucked up, you know. There are so many people who, like, argue for the abolishment of the closet altogether. And, like, as they should. Yeah, but I think, like, as long as, you know, as long as straight... As long as that's the default, which it is. It and is. And it always will be. You know what I mean? Like, it... Like, I, I get where that's coming from, but we're so not even remotely there that, like, it, it doesn't it's feel... It's idealism. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like, you know, next It's not a relevant agenda. conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, when, you know, you and Lori go to some, like, random, like, podunk town trying to, like, get an apartment rented to you and yeah. don't get denied, you know, then we don't have to think about coming out. You know what sure. I mean? Cause it's yeah. Like- I mean, we just went to recently went to Texas and like, we're at some function and we're kissing each other. And one of Lori's family members came up and we'll probably exp- explore this further in our next episode and said to us that, everyone was looking at us like they wanted to perform an exorcism, which is like something that I don't necessarily experience here in New York. But like when you go to the South, it's like totally fucking different. They were either looking at us like they wanted to sexually assault us or like they wanted to kill us. Really? Oh, yeah. And there was like no sort of like middle ground between the two. You know, there was no just like acceptance. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I know. But there was no like, you know, just like, kind of like polite disregard for right. what we were doing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like something I, I, I mean, I sometimes do take for granted. Other times I'm acutely aware, sure. you know, like I, I know how, how much privilege I have to be born where I am. Yeah. The family I am. Ooh, girl. At what time I am. It's easy you know, to forget almost like, until you like put yourself in a different like, context yeah yeah so I mean and that and that's where it comes back to maybe the fact that I feel like I don't have daikons is just a statement of my own to. privilege Int- that's so um, interesting Imagine- I mean I also think it's, I just don't give a shit about famous people think- like I'm not even attracted yeah. to famous people I also think that's just like your personality yeah I think I think it's a little column A column B totally um, but like imagine if you were born in the deep south and like you knew you were queer and there was something so different about you and like there was such like a lack of representation and acceptance like where you grew up you know yeah I mean imagine I just I'm not saying necessarily that your relationship to like queer celebrities would shift but like imagine the ways in which it could or might yeah yeah absolutely I mean it's I mean even we all draw inspiration particularly in the in you know when you when you're in a really dark time in your life yeah and you're experiencing turmoil you know you look for light anywhere and when that light is just through seeing someone that you can relate to even on like a, a tiny tiny level fuck yeah like a like you're gonna, you're gonna grasp that and 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 that's why you know like i'm thinking like oh yeah like the the, the drummer of hole like that was yeah. you know it was a it was a dark time in my life where it was yeah. like you know as as a as a young child my differences got me noticed 
almost in a good way because it was it's a lot it's a lot of, it, there's you know a lot of misogyny so me being the girl that acted like the boys was rewarded sure I was great at sports that's I fascinating. was assertive I was you know all these yeah. things yeah and it was rewarded and then puberty starts kicking in mm-hmm. and like you didn't ascribe no, and 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 the thing was, it, it kind of I I wasn't prepared for that. I was so used to, like, That's so and almost like my ego was too inflated. Like I thought I was great, and then it yeah. just like totally changed and did a one eighty. And everyone was like, "No, you're not great. You're weird. You have Get to be like subservient and quiet." Yeah, and I put was out a fucking the, dress. the funniest like. The funniest switch is if you can... So we had to do square dancing in grade school, right? And um, What? Yeah. In New Jersey? Yeah, in gym. It was like a, a square dancing unit every year. Did you have years. a dyke gym teacher? Um, Not in grade school, no. But um, later? I mean, in high school, I, I don't know which of them were dykes. They all seemed like they were dykes. There was one <laughs> named Miss Gaze. Which no! <laughs> <laughs> yes. How um, was it spelled? Like G A Z, I think. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Jealous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with her like windbreaker, whatever. Anyway, when I a real a real quick interjection, maybe I've said this before. When I was in middle school, one of the really popular girls came up to me and she was like, "Oh, your name is spelled L I A." Like me and my clique have a group called Lesbians in Action, and are like. Our like abbreviation is L I A, and I was like, that has nothing to do with me, and like <laughs> scuttled away. You'd be like, that's what my name stands for. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm just gonna. Be like, I put the Leah in lesbian. <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, like, anyway, I, sorry. I put the ill in Jill. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Like the difference between like I put the pussy thrill. No, that doesn't. That doesn't I appreciate your effort. Thanks. Carry on. <laughs> Today somebody said to me like domestic bliss has ruined my ability to make like funny portmanteaus and I was like, "Oh, okay." No, no, you're still on top of your game. I'll make sure you stay on top of it. Thanks, Jill. No. <laughs> Thanks, pussy thrill. Anytime. Oh, pussy hey. thrill location. DJ, DJ pussy thrill. <laughs> You can always tell as these episodes progress, like how much wine or whatever we continue drinking. Um, all right, square dancing. Um, <laughs> little dosy do. Um, so yeah, like we had the square dance, and like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, like the girls would all stand at like a corner of the square, and then the boys would like pick, and the boys would always like run to me to get to me first, because that was like when boys still thought girls were gross. So, like, since I was the most like a boy, I was, like, oh, safe to dance Oh, and, like, what kind with. of, like, homo-social, sociability, I don't want to call it homo-socialism, that's something else, but, like. Okay, I'm, that, I'm behind that ticket. Homo-socialism. <laughs> but, like, what's that? What the fuck is that about? Well, you know, it's, like, the girls have cooties, girls are lame, you know, I, I internalize that misogyny, misogyny no, myself. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I was, like, always first pick with all that. That's so interesting. However, the final year of square dancing, Damn, right when puberty, everyone starts in puberty, I was like the last puberty. one pick. And it's just like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought boys loved me. And like, I was like, oh, I'm so popular with the boys. I'm going to have, I'm going to get married and I'll do Damn. all these things. Like, I was like, ooh, look at me. Such a boy magnet. It's like, no, because I was like a boy. Such a boy <laughs> I don't even know. That's wild. Oh, yeah. It was, That's it was so like wild. literally from fifth to sixth grade, Damn. everything changed. I went from like, being like top pick to last pick. Yeah, like being like kind of like 
celebrated and encouraged and to being like a total fucking alien That's freak fascinating. show. Yeah, it was it was it was tough. Sixth grade was hard. Then I turned it yeah. around thanks to like Patty Schemmel and I'm so and glad Kathleen in this episode Hannah we stumbled upon your true, like true dive. I know. I'm really glad too. I knew like, that I you nothing, had them. Right? But yeah. I do. I mean, yeah. for me, for me, it was it was music. For me, it was punk rock. It was Riot Girl. It was all that. So. Totally. And like, mm. it's interesting that you say that. Like these figures, sort of like we realize them in our darkest times because that's what it's always been for me. I mean, I think we've talked about this on this podcast before, but the first time I ever came out or told anybody. I was gay, was in a creating creative writing class, and my professor was a lesbian and like created this whole safe space in which I could articulate this truth about myself that I had never before like felt able to articulate. And it's interesting that it was a creative writing class because like it allowed me to find a language. You know, I had always just had trouble finding the words and like the way in which I did it was sort of Wow, you really did it because you're fucking <laughs> great with words, gay and not gay. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you but I like wrote this piece about being in love with a woman and like it was almost like flew out of myself subconscious and it was workshopped in the class and somebody was like fuck is this about being oh, sorry I thought I thought there was a <laughs> we're gonna keep going with the story I thought I made a mistake I thought you were just astounded by my story oh no fuck I am astounded by your story Leah please continue but <laughs> this woman who was my professor was like I mean, one of another one of my d- biggest icons in my life, and I don't like without her, um, and without her being so out in like the English department at the University of Rhode Island, and her partner, who was also a professor in the English department at the University of Rhode Island, recommended that I take her class, and like without the two of them, I don't know like what would have happened. Okay, so there, those are some more icons. Oh, those are like huge icons to me. Now, what do you think? Let's say. Like, you know, like the whole pay it forward thing. Like we've mm-hmm. had people in our lives that have really um, provided us with inspiration when we needed it. Totally. And like, I would love to do that for people. And I know you would. And I mm-hmm. bet a lot of our listeners would. So mm-hmm. like, how does one cultivate dichnimity? Di- 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 <laughs> Diconnection. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, yeah, die connection. I mean, I think it just, like, happens on such a sort of, like, small... It starts on, like, such a small personal level. I mean, for us, I think in doing this podcast, I hope that's what we create for people. But I think... Like, is that something, like, one can aspire to? Can one be like, I want to be a daikon? Or is that like, I'm going to be an influencer? <laughs> no, I don't think it's not. I mean, I think if you aspire to it or, like, your motivation is to be a daikon, I think that's kind of missing the point. Yeah, I it's think, putting the like, cart before the horse. Yeah, I think it's putting the cart before the horse. And, like, I do think as, like, queer people and, like, me and you have all of this privilege insofar as like living the lives that we live and like inhabiting the identities we inhabit I do think there is a responsibility that we have to like support people and pay it forward and to like lend a helping hand when we can and I think sometimes you have to seek out those opportunities and sometimes you have to realize when those opportunities are sort of like in your lap and sort of make the most of them yeah you know I mean to me I look at like the the darker times of my life and and I compare them to now where it 
it, you know, it, it's not as dark. And that's, Don't you and sometimes look at your life and pull back on it and it's like, holy shit, like, I never thought I, I mean, for me, like, I had such a sense of, like, shame and guilt for, like, years and years and years. And if you had told me that this was going to be my life now, I never would have believed you. And, like, when I even pull back two degrees, I feel, like, such an intense sense of, like, gratitude. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think about that often, like, if you would talk to 12-year-old me or 15-year-old me, you know, 19-year-old me. But particularly, like, 12-year-old me. And like, yeah. You know, if, if, like... But even all those other ages, too, like... Yeah. But yes. if, like, if, like, you know, 38-year-old Jill, like, found 12-year-old Jill. Yeah. And was just, Would like... Would 38-year-old Jill be 12-year-old Jill's daikon? No, I mean, 12-year-old Jill would have been like, I'm not a lesbian, fuck you. Um, <laughs> also, like, she's fucking lame. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, knowing 12-year-old me, that's exactly what I would say. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, but if I was just, like, listen, it's going to be okay. And then, like, I, like, rattled off, like, how, what my life was like and, like, oh, the, like, the things I would have gotten to experience. I, I mean, one, I would be, like, shocked. I would also be, like, no, fuck you, I'm not gay. But, like, yeah. there's a little part of me that would be, like, you know, super stoked. Just, you know, about all the things that I've done and, like, gotten to, to do and just... So what I'm getting at is that um, when I when I reflect on, on the dark times, I think, like, coming through them, like, um, working on yourself, because I'm still a work in progress. Sure. Like, I, I you know, I, I still ha- go through dark times, as, you know, I, I, You still, like, bump up against yourself. Yeah, I'll, st- I'll, st- like, you know, my, my, the trajectory of my life, you know, seemed like it was going in a, a particular direction, and then it, it changed directions, and, like, that's, that can be hard to deal with. Yeah. And, Hell yeah. And so, when that happens... And and you're kind of you have to kind of reckon with yourself and your mm, life. I love that. Uh, it provides an opportunity for growth, but I think beyond yeah. that, it provides an opportunity to really yeah pay it forward. Yeah, like as as we were saying before. I like thinking of it as an opportunity versus a responsibility. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Yes, I think that's, it can that's both, how I meant to look at it. I mean, like I I do think like you know we we owe it to ourselves to to to. Try and work through our shit to the best of our ability. And for me personally, I owe it to the people and like the queer people in my life, like my professor, who like took a very keen interest in me and like very sort of like intentionally helped me along the way. Yeah. And, and I don't owe it to her directly, but I owe it to her to pay it forward. It, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. It's like the people that inspired me and like went through their own shit. That's like, that's what I think is cool about the concept of Dicons because. None of these people just kind of were these like shining stars in the sky. Like every like everyone that we look up to had their own shit and had their Hell own yeah. people that they looked up to and struggled. I'm sure. Yeah, probably far more than I did. And um, right. And the cycle just continues and continues. And that's what I think is cool because like we're all works in progress and it, it's almost flipping the notion of what I was saying before about like don't meet your heroes because it's like you're just going to be disappointed because they're human but like that's also the beautiful part because yeah. like we are all human and, and like you know. and beautifully imperfect you know and sometimes yeah. like being able to witness somebody's flaws is also a gorgeous part of knowing them and like gives you sort of like some sort of tacit permission to like embrace your own flaws I also think there's a sort of like pressure sometimes on like being queer or inhabiting a marginalized identity where like you have to be this sort of like 
perfect representation of whatever it is that you are. Um, and I think people, you know, tend to like discount or like gloss over sort of like the struggle or the flaws or the process as like an important part of coming to be. But like that's such an integral sort of like component. Yeah. I mean, like, like growing is messy. Like growing yeah. is always messy and painful. Like that's it. I mean, I'm not, I mean, not necessarily pain, but you know, like, well, I think it is. I mean, whether it's like painful in a small way or painful in a big way, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and I just, I, 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 I just think it's cool that, um, that there's, that, that kind of brings us all together. I mean, I'm not trying to be all like, hippie no, dippy, but sure. like, but there's like a shared, like, there's almost like a shared experience. Yeah, to kind a, of. To a certain extent. To a like certain our extent. experiences are extremely different, but we can relate on the fact that they don't follow like the pre-prescribed narrative. Yeah, okay. They diverge. Yeah. In yeah. A, in one way or another. And I think everybody's experience to diverge from the pre-prescribed narrative, like whether you're gay, straight, or otherwise, but like when you inhabit a queer identity, it much more obviously does. And like for a lot of people, it can be an, a source of anxiety or panic yeah. or depression, you know? Anytime you're not like a default anything. Sure. You know, when you're a teenager, you want so desperately to kind of like conform and fly under the radar, I think, like for a large part. And like when you're unable to do that, I mean, speaking personally for me, it was horrifying, you know? Yeah. I did everything I could to assimilate and like not call attention to the fact that I was like different or experiencing these feelings or experiencing this anxiety around my sexual identity and it like killed me. Yeah. You know? I was almost the opposite where I, I couldn't if I wanted to, like, I, yeah. like, I, I like, I can't not like, I, I couldn't pass, you know, like I and couldn't. And to me, like from where I'm standing and I'm sure it was like so much more difficult than I imagined or not more difficult than I imagined, but like difficult in a totally different way, but also maybe like a little bit of a gift in and of itself. Well, I'll tell you what it like, it like it, because when you're young, you know, it, I, I think at, at all of our cores, we really just want to connect. Yes. So like, hell yeah. Whether that means like y- you, you want to conform cause that'll help you can, you, you connect or you can't conform and you want to figure out how to connect. Like I, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't try to be normal, not normal. Well, normal in, in quotation marks. Sure. Like as a kid, like, yeah, like it was like very like, High school normal. Yeah, exactly. Like parents would call me weird. Like, yeah. Like in front of children. Like, Didn't it was, like Leslie defend you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, it was like a softball game. I was like twelve or thirteen, fourteen, I love something like this that. Story. And, uh, yeah, my best friend Leslie, before we were best friends, uh, I guess like some parent. And um, didn't this like kind of make you become best friends almost? Not necessarily. I mean, it, 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 there, we definitely were always simpatico in a certain way, but we, we, we didn't become best friends for like a few, until high school, like a few years after that. But yeah, I was like, I don't know, at a softball game or something and some shitty mom was talking to some other shitty mom and my mom was in earshot and the shitty mom just said something like to the effect of like, oh, Jill, that Jill, she's so weird or some, something like that. And Leslie who's like 12 years old, turns around and goes, Jill's not weird. She's my friend. And like, like before, oh. like my mom could even say anything. Like, like my, I don't think my mom said I anything. Like, like, like Leslie That's was just so like, fucking cool. like, we weren't even really friends. I'm like, oh, I, I love I, that. I have your, yeah, no, she's the fucking best. That gave me goosebumps again. But like, as amazing as Les was, 
as a 12 year old to stand up to some like shitty snobby moms like how shitty is it for a parent oh my God, to talk shit about a child to yeah. another parent like that's like in front of children like that's just disgusting that's why me. yeah but anyway so because mm-hmm. because of that shit happening I was put on the defensive so I used my differences as armor and really got kind of brusque and mean and repelled people and mm. like that wasn't the answer either like yeah, I was like you know it, I was like you know, we, we all want to connect. And I was like, well, if you want friends, if you want love, if you want intimacy, you can't be an asshole. Because you put walls every- up in a different way. Yeah, like not everyone hates you. You have to remember that. You can't just assume. You have to let people in a little Yeah, bit. you can't assume that everyone's as shitty as those moms. Yeah, totally. So like you have to do, like I mm. I have to be mm-hmm. the grown up. Like I can't just mm-hmm. be a vicious asshole cunt, which is like what I wanted to be and what I like kind of was for a little and bit. And what like, we I, all still want to be sometimes. Like, yeah, I mean, let's like, be fucking honest. I mean, I'll, I'll do it in the right circumstances to the right people. But yeah. that, part, that part of me doesn't come out often. I think you've seen it come out of me like once, I think. Yeah, totally. And I like, when we were at... profusely. <laughs> I, rem- I know the exact reason. <laughs> when we were asshole. at Corner Bistro, <laughs> yeah. like watching the election. <laughs> fucking asshole dude was talking about... I was like, chill, chill. Illegal immigration or something. Oh, God. Anyway, that's anyway. a story for another day. Yeah, or not. <laughs> yeah for me it was like um i repressed myself yeah i like that was my defense i just amplified the worst parts of myself (laughs) just to like scare people up because it was like you can't reject me if i reject you first i was like you think i'm weird i think you're boring and you're stupid and fuck you but i think like for both of us like we were working with the tools that we had and the tools that were like most immediately available to us you know yeah, and so like, and who can fault a young kid who feels so different and is like, it's experiencing this like deep like internal struggle for doing that. I mean, it's like a survive. It's a survival mechanism at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's why it's so important just to have like any fucking human that you can look at and be like, all right, there's even if it's just like a tiny molecule that I want to take from you and be inspired by you, you know, like I'm going to take that. For your gym teacher to be like an out lesbian or even like if you don't understand the concept of what an out lesbian is, be like okay looking different than the other woman in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucking important. It's just like, Oh my god, there's a tomboy playing the drums. I want to do that too. And they seem happy and like secure with themselves. Or at least, like, they're on MTV, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much as far as it got in my uh, head. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those aren't even com- concepts you understand as a kid, but, like, I mean, we come back to this time and time and time again, but that's why representation is so fucking important. And I think that's, like, largely what we mean when we say pay it forward. Of course, like, you can do it in more intentional and specific ways, but I also think just, like, being out and, like, having conversations um, – yeah, it's it's funny, like, the concept of being out, because I've been out technically for a long time now. Would you, more than you've been long, I always think about this too, it's like, have you been out longer than you haven't been out? Yes. And, like, do you count not having been out as, like, the time you first realized you were queer, or, like, the time you were born? Um, they were actually very close. <laughs> that, yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, it was yeah, pretty much Yeah, I mean, the kind same. of same. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't one of those people where I was like, I knew ever since I was five and then I came out when I was like 20. It was like. That's I, me. Like, oh yeah, no, I wasn't like that. There was, I mean, there was definitely like some like static and confusion, but there was no like 
I am aware of this fact about myself and I have to hide it. It was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even let myself acknowledge it. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, there were, you know, a million like rainbow flags, but I would, I was like, well, that doesn't necessarily You wouldn't even like say the words in your own No, 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 Uh no. Mm -hmm. I had to have someone else do it for me. And that was kind of what like. I mean, kind of me too, but like, it was always like a repeating, like almost like threat in my head. Yeah. Like you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. And I was always like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But yeah, so I've been out for a while now and. And when did you come out? Uh, when I was like 21. Me too. 22, yeah. I think. So I, oh no, I know I've, I've still been not gay longer than I've been gay. Not that old yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I getting know. there, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite there. <laughs> Me too. I've like passed my 10 year anniversary. We may be 30 plus. That's going to be when we're 40 plus. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it like, it also feels good to have like amassed that time in my adult life where yeah. I've like, I have a significant history of like. Inhabiting my true dyke. identity, being yeah. a big fucking well, well, dyke. Well, what in the I world. was gonna say is that, like, I, even though I've been out since I was twenty-one, when I was first out, it was just like, like a, it was like a technically out. It was like I would be out to who I have to be out to, but, you sure. know. But like, it wasn't, I wasn't just like, like now. I just feel like I'm a giant dyke, and I like flaunt it, and like, you know, <laughs> like you know, when people are like, "Ugh, why are they rubbing it in our faces?" Like, I'm like, I'm that bitch. Like, You're I, like, I, I, yeah, I rub it in your face. And totally. You, and, and, <laughs> like, and like, but to me, I think that like, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't mean this in like a pat myself on the back type way, but like, now it makes it, me girl. feel like I'm like because I can be like that, and I am being like that. Like, I like that because I think my more expressive gayness, my more like. Loud, out, out and proud and loud. Before mm. I was like, first I was like out, out, and then I was like out and proud. Yeah, and I'm like out and proud and loud. Totally. And I think the loud is like the final step. Whereas I like, love that. Like even around like my family, who's I've always had their support, but like when I first came out, I never talked about like being gay and Pussy gay. Like, around. no, I'm just kidding. No, but like when I'm around them now, I always like I'm like as a lesbian, as a giant dyke. Woo, lesbian, you know, like it's just like every do other they word. Get out of my mouth. Do you say the word dyke around your family? Um, <laughs> see, I said I this do, at work a but... couple times, and like my very close like friends slash coworkers have been like, "You can't say dyke at work." I well, I think a lot of I think it comes from a good place. Like, a lot of like my straight friends or like like Mikey, like I, you know how like the boat dykes. We I, like I have I have some friends, and I call them the boat dykes because I met them on a boat, and they're dykes, and, and, they're, and they're awesome. Shout their out, names hey are the boat dykes, <laughs> and uh, and so, but Mikey refuses to call them that. Like Mikey hasn't yeah. even met them, but like she's like, what were you, what were you, what were you doing? And I was like, oh, I was hanging with the boat dykes. And she's like the boat. Girls. So she calls them. No, she calls them the boat girls. Does she? Yeah, <laughs> she's just like she'll just be like, oh, how are the boat girls? Like, did you invite the boat girls to your birthday party? You know, <laughs> boat girls. Oh, Mikey. Because <laughs> it's like you know like. She knows, like, that's not her word to say. Sure. She's, she's like, I thought about saying it because you say it, but, like, no, I'm just going to call them. And, like, you can call them by their actual name. But, yeah, I just, I just like, basically coming back to, like, uh, like paying it forward, like, my way to pay it forward, like, my very, like, no, no to low effort way to pay it forward is to be, like, just, like, work my gayness into, like, every conversation. Me too. <laughs> like, not even on purpose, but just, like, when I'm around, I love like, my doing that. It gives family, me such joy. Yeah, particularly family that, like, maybe doesn't know that many queer people. Like, like when I'm, yeah, like, just when I'm around straight people that might not know that many queer people, whether they're my family or, like, 
friends or whatever, like, I just make it a point to, like, talk super gay. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I feel good about that. Me too. Because I, I used to not do that. And it wasn't that I didn't, like, I purposefully didn't do that. Like, I would catch myself. And now I have zero gay filter. I mean, I don't, like... I wouldn't say I like deliberately. I'm like, let me just gay this up a bit. But like, because I am gay, I like mean, sometimes I do do up, that. You know, yeah. like you're like fully inhabiting your identity, and like in some ways, perhaps being your own daikon. Ooh, I like that. Right? Is that what we're gonna end on tonight? Yeah, I think we should be the daikon you want to see in the fucking world. Yeah, but also like, and if you can't be yet, okay with you know, like wherever fine. you on on wherever you on wherever you are on your journey is okay. You know, yeah. like there's like I don't ever want to like be like heal yourself. You know, like, you know, no. like 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 you have to trust the process. There's no yeah. way out but through, and not that there's like you need not that there's a you a need to get out of it. Yeah, but and like, I don't want to do like platitudes like it gets better because I mean like it can. It doesn't always. You know, like every stage of hard. everybody's life <laughs> comes know? with its own like joys and its own challenges. You know. Yeah, it's just like just know that we we're 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 like spiritually supporting you. Yeah, we're spiritually supporting you. I mean, everybody who listens to this is our daikon, and we hope that you can find your own daikons on like a personal level and on whatever level that you need. And if you can't be your own yet, we hope that you can grow into that. And if it's a long ass process for you, then like trust and honor that process and know that wherever you are is exactly where you should be and just keep fucking doing you and what feels natural and good to you. And don't let anybody tell you anything, you know? Trust your gut, trust your intuition, and love yourself to the degree that you can. And if you can't do that right now, like know that someday you probably will be able to. That was beautiful, Leah. Thanks. You're my daikon. You're my daikon, <laughs> too. <laughs> You're all our daikons, and as always, lesbians, lesbians are miracles. Choo-choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs>